Hey peeps, you're listening to episode 44 of the Speed Mentor podcast as we grind our way towards the big half century. That'll be one whole year's worth of podcasting in secret sauce dispensed by me and consumed by you intravenously in just over two months. If we get there, it'll be an amazing achievement. And we're just one week away from hitting that magic number, the big 5-0. So drop me a line if you think we should do something special to celebrate the 50th episode. And I'd be happy to hear any of your ideas that you might have, because I'm sure they'll be great ideas. And if I receive them, I'll certainly do my best to implement them for the 50th episode. This podcast series is symbolic of what it takes to succeed. More often than not, it's just about digging around in the dirt, grinding it out, working harder than everyone else around you. And that's the key to the success of the Speed Mentor podcast. This episode, episode 44 is an unusual thought which popped into my head when I heard another loser say to me the other day, you never hear anybody on their deathbed say they wish they'd worked a bit harder. And it got me thinking about how often we hear this deathbed fallacy type of nonsense. It's used by losers to derail those of us who have a plan and we have to listen to it regularly. So I'm calling it out now for what it is. It's utter nonsense that... In inverted commas, no one ever says on their deathbed, I wish I'd worked more. Closed inverted commas. What about all the people who are leaving their families behind without a pot to piss in? Do you think that they're thinking, I wish I hadn't have done some more work and I might have had a legacy behind me? What about all the people who spent their lives complaining day after day after day about their rubbish jobs? Do they never say to themselves, I wish I'd created more value in my work and I could have taken my family around the world to see all sorts of things that we never managed to do because we couldn't afford it. People will feel and say all sorts of different things on their deathbeds. Perhaps they'll say, I wish I had impacted or inspired more people on my journey to fulfil my potential. I wish I'd put more into my life instead of sitting on the dole. I wish I'd given more, loved more, enjoyed more. All of those things stem from having a plan on life and putting it into place. It's cancerous and so pervasive to hear this sort of shit. People will try and say and do anything to stop you, discourage you from trying to better yourself. It's a worse kind of tyranny by those who we know. Casting judgment on you because you have a plan for your life and one that doesn't involve being two paychecks away from destitution like so many others who are out there. So stop working uh, and complaining about your lot and stop then foisting that on to other people. When we identify, when we hear that from those people, they're just the anchors and wankers doing what anchors and wankers do. Ignore them, cut them out of your life or reduce the amount of time you spend with them and level up in your circle of friends to spend more time with people who understand and support what you're actually trying to achieve. Look, anyone who says stuff like that is just trying to stunt your growth, to wrestle back the desire from you that you have to develop yourself. They're afraid of being left behind Um, They want you to get back into your box, get back into your silo where society tells you that you should remain. But I know if you're listening to this podcast that you don't give a fig. Uh, If you're a long-term listener, you'll know what that wee thing means uh, from a previous episode. For what society or anyone else says about you, about who you are, you know that you are here 
to make a difference over the next 12 months and you don't want to be, stay static like all the other people who are saying that type of shit to you. I often think about this type of crass nonsense through the paradigm of Maslow's hierarchy of needs developed by Abraham Maslow in the 1940s and 1950s. Now, I don't know if you'll be familiar with the seminal work by Maslow, which developed the hierarchy of needs, which was a motivational theory in psychology comprising a five-tier model of human needs, often depicted as a, a pyramid of hierarchical levels. If you don't know it, please check it out. We'll try and get it into the show notes so you'll have it there. For Maslow, a person is always growing, always becoming and never remains static. The peak of human existence is what Maslow described as self-actualization, which is the need for personal growth and discovery that is present throughout a person's life. Maslow had five tiers of existence. Now, I know later on it was developed further, but we're going to stick with the five tiers. As I always say, fuck off to somebody else's podcast if you want to put the rest of them in. But we're sticking with the five today. Now, the five tiers of existence, and the first was psychological needs. These are bio- biological requirements for human survival, e.g. air, food, drink, shelter, clothing, warmth, sex, sleep. If these needs are not satisfied, the human body cannot function optimally. Maslow considered psychological needs the most important as all the other needs become sec- secondary until these needs are met. Now, secondly, the second set in the pyramid was safety needs, protection from the elements, Security, order, law, stability, freedom for fear, for freedom from fear. And then the third was love and belongingness needs. Now, after psychological and safety needs have been fulfilled, the third level of human needs is social and involves feelings of belongingness, the need for interpersonal relationships which motivates behaviour. Examples include friendship, intimacy, trust and acceptance, receiving and giving affection and love, affiliating, being part of a group, part of a family, part of a work um, uh, setup. And then fourthly, esteem needs, which Maslow classified into two categories. One, esteem for oneself, i.e. dignity, achievement, mastery, independence. And two, the desire for reputation or respect from others, e.g. status and prestige. Now, Maslow indicated that the need for respect our reputation is most important for children and adolescents and precedes real life self-esteem or dignity. And then number five, the biggie, the one that we're all trying to get to, self-actualization needs. That's realizing personal potential, self-fulfillment, seeking personal growth and peak experiences, a desire to become everything that one is capable of becoming, as Maslow said in 1987. Now, what happens in life is that the vast majority of people, 98% in fact, according to Maslow, will only ever get to levels one to four. Although we are all theoretically capable of self-actualizing, most of us do not do so, or only to a limited degree. Now, Maslow estimated in 1970 that only 2%, 2% of the people would actually reach the state of self-actualization. Now, I'll just double back on that. That's realizing personal potential self-fulfillment, seeking personal growth and peak experiences, a desire to become everything that one is capable of becoming. And if you're listening to this podcast series, the Speed Mentor um, podcast, I know that we're all trying to get into that 2%. We're trying to be at the top of that pyramid to get the self 
actualization. Now, he was interested, especially interested in the characteristics of people whom he considered to have achieved their potential as individuals. And he studied a number of them um, who he considered to have achieved self-actualization, including Abraham Lincoln and Albert Einstein. And he identified 15 characteristics of a self-actualized person. Okay, now let's see how many of these you identify with yourself. I would say you'll identify with quite a few of these because you're listening. Characteristics of self-actualizers. Number one, they perceive reality efficiently and can tolerate uncertainty. Number two, they accept themselves and others for what they are. Number three, they're spontaneous in thought and action. Number four, they're problem-centered, not self-centered. We talk about that all the time here. Number five, they have an unusual sense of humor If you're listening to these podcasts, you'll know that I definitely do, and I'm sure you do too. Number six, they're able to look at life objectively rather than subjectively. Number seven, they're highly creative people. Number eight, they're resistant to um, conventional stuff all the time. He calls it the enculturation, but not purposely unconventional. So it's a wee bit damn complex there. Number nine, concerned they're concerned for the welfare of humanity. It's not just about ourselves, it's about adding value Everywhere we go. Number 10, they're capable of deep appreciation of basic life experience. Number 11, establish deep, satisfying interpersonal relationships with quite a few people. And number 12, um, they like peak experiences. Number 13, they like privacy. Number 14, democratic attitudes. And last but not least, they have strong, number 15, strong moral and ethical standards. Now, if that sounds like you, you're in the 2%. If you're working your way towards those things, you're trying to get into the 2%. Look, you may think I've gone a little bit off tangent from where this episode actually started about the nonsense about what people are saying to you, about what they'll say in their deathbed, and maybe I've pivoted into some of this deep thinking stuff on Maslow. But I know you're thinking deeper about all sorts of concepts that others are not interested in. And if that's you, you're trying to piece together the meaning of life, you're trying to piece together what you can do to add value to other people's lives, then moving from hearing total and utter garbage from people about what somebody will say in their deathbed about you if they think you're working too hard, to thinking deeply about Maslow's theories and about do you actually think differently because you're in the 2%. Now, I'm training you to be able to be resistant to the clarion call of those who will only ever be in Maslow's one to four levels of the pyramid of hierarchical needs, okay? And I know you're not satisfied if that's where you currently are. You want to self-actualize just like Einstein and Lincoln. Now tell me if I'm wrong. It's true, isn't it? And one of the problems is that you don't have enough like-minded people around you to keep your motivation high and your growth consistent. And that's why I'm here. We're like meet the fuckers. We're our very own Burns. It's a Burns family and meet the fuckers in that movie. Talk to the wall family circle of trust. We're like a circle of trust. Except it's talk to the wall circle of trust instead of the burn circle of trust. And we lick the lid of this stuff each and every day. We're a veritable army of, of self-actualizers. I need something a little more catchy than that. Maybe we're the self-actualization army. Sweet Jesus. Maybe, maybe I'm back to that episode, that Life of Brian episode the other day about the people you in front. But we've come full circle a little bit here. We're, we're trying to create a circle of trust whereby you can chase after um, the self-actualization and get yourself into that 2%. When we get to the end of our lives, we're going to say, wow, what a fucking ride! 
I achieved everything I could have done. I loved my family. I had wonderful relationships. I worked really hard leaving a legacy for the future of my family. I took my personal development to a higher level as I read and listened and continued my education long long after the formal education piece ended. We're not worried about what we're going to say in our deathbeds because we're putting a plan in place for our lives. Take that, you motherfuckers. Fuckers. See what I did there? I'm I'm quite smart sometimes. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for listening to the Deathbed Legacy episode of the Speed Mentor Podcast. If this episode is going to help you plan for your life in any way that you want to plan for it and help you drown out the chatter of the 98%, then do me the honour of a subscription and a review as it really does make a huge difference to keep this local local voice, keeping it real day after day after day. Don't forget about the Speed Mentor Retreat on the 18th and 19th of May at Le Mans Hotel. We're uh, almost sold out. And if you want to join the Talk to the Wall Circle of Trust, you can do so by reaching out to me on my website or my social channels and uh, we'll get your details and get you signed up for SMR to join the circle. It's time to level up today, to believe and achieve as I hand the baton of life back to you for another day and what you do with that baton is your choice. I'm a man